So today I would like to share you uh, some of the steps uh, from John, book of John, and I believe uh, you have, everyone have gone through the book of John, right? The gospel of John. So why don't you go ahead and turn uh, with me, uh, John chapter 1, where earlier I said I'm going to share from 15 to uh, 36, but actually it's from 1, 19 to 36. Uh, uh, sorry about that. So yeah. John chapter 1, 19 to 32, so I'm going to uh, read for you guys. Uh, you can turn your Bible, or if you don't have, uh, you can just, uh, I'll read it for you guys. So let's turn it. Uh, I'll read from uh, John chapter 1, 19 to, I'll probably read out from 19 to 32. That's what I will do. This is the testimony of John, when the Jews sent to him priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? And he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. They asked him, what then? Are you Eliza? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you? So that we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him and said to him, Why then are you baptizing? If you are not the Christ, nor Eliza, nor the prophet, John answered them, saying, I baptize in water, but among you, among you who stands one whom you do not know, it is he who comes after me, the tongue of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. This thing took place in the Bethany uh, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he on behalf of whom I said, After me comes a man who has a greater rank than I, for he existed before me. I did not recognize him, but so that he might be manifested to Israel. I came baptizing in water. John testified, saying, I have seen spirit descending as a dove out of the heaven, and he reminded upon him. I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, He upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is the one who baptized in the Holy Spirit. So I'll keep it there. Let's, let's pray for the word. Uh, Father, we thank you, Lord, as we uh, go through your word. We pray that, God, will you open your word to us, God? Will you reveal us the word? That, God, you will speak to us through your word, and you reveal your deepest mysteries, God, so that we will be blessed and we will glorify you. And as we'll know from your word, I pray that, God, that we will not be same. That we will not be only the hearer, but we will do it and we will be blessed, God. And thank you again, God, for everything that you have been doing in our life. We bless you, praise you, and in Jesus' name we ask this prayer. Amen. So, um, very interesting, uh, uh, John the Baptist, about John the Baptist. You know, he is a very unique and distinctive figure, right, in the, in the Bible, if you see. He's, he's kind of very unique in a way in the New Testament, if you see it. You know, unusual flair of fashion, you will see, you know, the fashion he do. He, will, he wear, uh, you know, camel's hairs with a leather belt on his uh, waist. And kind of he lives in a desert wilderness. And guess what he eat? Locusts, 
And wild honey, man, wild honey is very good. If you don't, haven't tested, uh, you should. It, it's really good, good thing. And also his way of preaching, have you noticed, very strange, you know. I, I, I believe if you preach like that in these days, you will be never invited again. Probably they will throw you somewhere, you know. But his, his preaching style was so different and unique. So today I, I just want to, you know, share something about uh, that we will, uh, we will see and we will learn and we will be blessed to see, uh, you know, what John the Baptist is about. And it is really cool when I was going through uh, these passages, you know, there are so many things that uh, came to my mind and my heart and it's really blessed me too. I hope this evening as we go through it, I hope you'll be blessed too with, uh, with, the, with the word. So, as I said, he's very unique and he's very uh, strange uh, and, he, and, and God did manage to use him though. It's a very, very cool thing, you know. Doesn't matter how you look or how you wear the things, you know, know that God can use you. You know, have you been to a church somewhere you look, that's the pastor of the church? You know, that's the elder? Man, that doesn't look like pastor even, right? But guess what? God can use, any, use anyone. So let's talk about his fashion. If you, uh, if you again um, uh, go to Mar- Mark 1, 6, 7, uh, there it says, Now John was clothed with camel here and with a leather belt around his waist. And he ate locusts and while honey, and he preached, saying, There comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strip I am not worthy to stoop down and lose. So um, his fashion was weird, and the message he used to share, I would like to uh, bring, that, uh, bring that to your attention also. Luke chapter 3, 1, 7 to 9. Then he said to the multitude that came upon to be baptized by him, Brook of Vipers. I don't know if we say that to anyone, how well they will take it, right? He was very straight. Brook of vipers who want you to flee from the wrath, uh, the wrath to come. Therefore, bear fruit worthy of repentance and do not begin to say to yourself, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axis laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So, so here is the thing. We see that John was, in a way, was very unique man. His dressing was unique. The way he ate was unique. Probably he had a very long hair, deadlock, you know, um, natural deadlock though, you know, not that we make, but, you know, go and we do it, spend money and, and make a deadlock to look cool. But he, probably he was in the uh, desert and he didn't have shampoo, I guess. He didn't have water, I guess. So, so it became natural deadlock. It's cool. And so we see that he has really a unique looking man. And this, was, uh, this, this was what the title of the sermon today is, The Unique Man with a Unique Missions. Unique man with a unique mission. So we see here uh, that he has a unique calling, actually. Uh, we see that John the Baptist was called to actually make a way for who? Jesus. You know, to make a way for Jesus and to tell about Jesus that he is coming. Just prepare a way for him. And particularly John, very much he, he knew that what was his calling. And he knew particularly that he was called to make a way 
for Jesus. And that was cool that he knew about it. You know, many times it is, it is hard to, 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 to know our calling, that what we are called for. So many times we just ponder around. So many we have a questions, you know, like, what, what I am called for? And we, we, we do question with God, like, God, oh, what is my calling? And many young men will say, what is my calling? They will come and talk to me, what is my calling? I don't know, but I, I want to serve, you know, those kind of things. So here is the thing. Sometimes, you know, you might be called for a unique calling. You might be called really specifically for pastors, for leader, or, or for worship leading. I don't know. There are many, many uh, callings you can have. Uh, evangelist or a preacher. Uh, there are many uh, that you know that you are called, specially called for something. And, but there are many times uh, there will be confusion like what I'm calling for. Right, but here in in John uh, in John things you know that John was called uh, in a unique way, and he knew his calling. That yes, I am here to prepare a way for Jesus. So uh, this is my prayer for you guys that if you know your calling, uh, let's serve the Lord very well. You know, let's let's keep on preparing way for the Lord, and just just keep going for that. And just what John did, let's not forget that uh, we are called for something. And um, also, uh, doesn't matter how we look. As I said, he, he, he looked very unique. But, but the thing is, probably you all are created in your own special and in your own unique way. But the thing is, are we using our uniqueness to glorify God? That's the question lies, you know. That's the question is, we all differently created. Some are very, you know, we are good at talking. Some are very laid back, you know, we don't want to talk. We just, we are okay to listen, you know. So, you know, God has uh, just, you know, created so beautifully, so much wonderfully uh, to each of one us here today. But the thing is, the way we are built, the way the uniquely we are uh, created, uh, but how much we're taking advantage to glorify God? That's the question, you know? That's the, uh, that's the question we should ask to us. Like, am I am the, uh, the unique way I'm called for, am I using and taking advantage for to glorify God? Here for John, he didn't use his unique, uh, you know, the way he looks for his own to build his kingdom and to glorify himself. But you will see that John is all about, you know, proclaiming the kingdom of God. He's all about proclaiming Jesus, you know. All about, uh, people must be like, wow, he, this guy looks unique. What's the deal, you know, what's going on? Probably people, you know, gather around to see him. You never know, right? Uh, people may come, but he never forget that his uniqueness is to drive people or to bring attention and to, you know, all the glory should go to God. And that's what he was doing, you know. And we'll see. Uh, and here we see that John is very much, he knew that uh, his uniqueness should be used for his, uh, to influence, uh, you know, toward God, to bring people to the knowledge of God. And even though we know that John was very unique and bold in preaching, you know, even though he didn't have a political power or something political background that which he will, he will have so much, you know, uh, back, uh, backing for him. But he was a great preacher. And when he preached, many people listened to it. And he could have, uh, he could have easily draw attention toward him, you know. But no, he didn't do that. 
He again used his potentiality, his his uh, uh, his, uh, his his powerful uh, the attraction. He can do it uh, by preaching. He used it for the glory of God, and I love it. You know, when I was going through it, man, it was just such a blessing. You know, to see that he uses uniqueness to glorify God. And that's really cool. That's, that's really wonderful. And uh, so as, I'm, as I was saying that God has created in a unique way, so don't forget to use it for the gloss, God's glory. Even though if God haven't called you for a special purpose, you know, as I said, God might call you for some, uh, sometimes for a very special purpose. Some might be God call you for a pastor. Who knows? Uh, you know, from Almond, you need to go out somewhere and plant a church. You know, if God is calling you for that, do that. You know, go, go for it and just do it. If God is calling you for, you know, just to be evangelist, just do it. Do it. You know, if God has called you for teaching gift, I will say just do it. If God has called you for those special kind of things that appointed for you. But here is the good news. If God, if you feel like, no, I haven't called for a special, a specific thing here, then here is the good news for you guys. But you know, God has called every one of us when we believe in God, when we have faith in God, that God, all of us have called us for to do one call, and that is to be his bond servant. It is wonderful. You know, God has called you, everyone, when we first believed, and they, from that day that you are a born servant of Christ. You know, you are here to serve. Just, the, you have to figure out a, a, where you, uh, you are fit for, you know. And I know that the church has been announcing uh, many times, you know, here is the thing, the ch- uh, opportunity to serve. You might be, God is talking to your heart, you know. God is talking to you, and you might have to say, yes, Lord, I'm going to serve, you know. Uh, you might say, no, you know, I'm not gifted. But you know what? God can use you. God can build you up. And, and, and God, can, uh, God can put you there, and God will glorify from uh, the things you will do. Just you have to see that where you fit. So that, that's very important that to, uh, you know, bond servant. And, you know, bond servant means actually... Uh, a servant who willingly wants to serve, right? If you see in Old Testament, there is, there is a time when, uh, uh, after a couple of years, when when one servant will serve with a master, and he will, you know, he he will become like a family, right? He will serve very well, and probably the master will be also very good to them. So what will happen? They have a even they have a connection. They have a a kind of a relationship. They are they kind of a a part of family and a couple of years later they have a they have a tradition that they 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 should release their servant right and what will happen so the master will say okay so this is the time you can go ahead and and you know you are free from us you can do whatever you want but you know sometimes what happened the so, uh, some of the servant uh, the master was so good to them then what they do is the, the servant don't want to leave them right and they said, no, let me serve you willingly for the rest of my life. And that's the bond servant came from. You know what they do after that? They will take to the doorpost of the temple and they will, uh, you know, pierce their ear. And that's how the people know that he's, he's a bond servant. Means he's the guy who willingly wanted to serve his master. And, uh, you know, that's what we should be. You know, we, uh, we are called, every one of us here... Uh, 
are a bond servant for Christ. Every one, every one of us here, we should willingly serve the Lord. It's not forcefully. Think of what Jesus did on the cross. And we are a bond servant of Christ. And he is so good to us. He have loves us even when we didn't deserve. When we, are in, when we are in the sin, he picked us up from there, you know, and he washed us with his blood, with his precious blood, not with the perishing things of the world. So that is very important to know that uh, he has been so good. And why we will not serve the Lord willingly? Why will not, uh, not say, God, yes, I want to serve you, Lord. I, I want to bless you, Lord. I want any, anywhere you want me to, any places you want me to serve, I, I, I'll be there. So that should be the, our attitude in everyone. So, um, and that is important for us that we serve. And we say yes to the Lord. And we do it not forcefully. You know, God will never do that. God will bless you when you say yes, Lord, and when you do willingly. And you know, when we serve also, we should be aware of not, it is, it is not pleasing anyone. It is not that someone sees or not, but is will be faithful to the God who sees us, you know, to the God who is everywhere. He sees everyone, and he is your personal God. And what you're doing, what you're not, everything is open to him. He is there with you. And we should do it willingly, joyfully, cheerfully. You know, those are the words I love. And, and, and when we do that, definitely God is always blesses. us. And another, another thing about John the Baptist is, if you see it, and he knew his mission, by the way. He knew his calling, first, first, first and foremost. And also he knew his missions. He knew his missions, uh, 24 to 27. Now, this, uh, now, those, now those who were sent were from the Pharisees, and they asked him, saying, why do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answers saying, I baptize with water, but there stands one of among you whom you do not know. It is one who coming after me is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to lose. So uh, here, John the Baptist is referring to Jesus actually. And he knew that his mission is to you know, prepare a way for who? Jesus, right? To be uh, to let people know that Savior is coming and Savior is here in our midst. That was his job, and he he knew his mission very well. And and that that's a cool thing about John the Baptist that he he knew that why he was uh, why he was called, and uh, number two, he knew that uh, why uh, what is his missions. And uh, you know, sometimes uh, many times we forget that what our mission is. Being a believer, I know we have, uh, the mission is only for the pastors or you know, leaders of the church. Sometimes we might have that kind of thoughts and things in our heart. But uh, my dear friends, you know, the missions is for everyone actually. So what is the mission for us actually? You know, question is uh, what we are called for. And uh, you know, uh, it'll be not easy. But there's always a great joy to you know, use by the God. There's always a joy. So our missions, you know, you, we see here, John the Baptist is proclaimed that uh, 
I am not who you are saying, the Messiah or any prophet or anything you are asking me. And this Pharisees, you know, this religious leader, that is supposed to be their job to point out to Messiah or point out to Savior. But here, John the Baptist is doing that. And uh, with that also, they had a problem. And, you know, the higher official, they sent uh, these Pharisees leaders to ask him those questions. And they, they, they want to know that, who are you? Why are you doing this, you know? Why you are baptizing people? And so here, John the Baptist is very clear about it that uh, his, uh, the, uh, the, the things he is doing is not for his glory and not for his kingdom, but preparing way for Jesus. And we got to remember that our mission on this earth, while we are here, that is to bring others to the saving knowledge of God. Isn't it? That's the mission of ours, you know? In a kind of, we also play a vital role, kind of a mediator role, you know, a, a kind of like in between God, you know, like we, we, we say to the people, like, here is the thing, uh, uh, you know, I know we cannot save you guys, you know, I don't have that power to bring salvation or anything, but our mission is to be like always, like, a, like a, you know, we do a hooding board, you know, big board, it says, you know, something advertising like, yeah, uh, I, I do not know, uh, I cannot save anyone, but I know someone who can save. I think that should be our mission, that should be our goal. As a believer, uh, we should not forget that we are an ambassador of Christ. We should not believe, that, uh, we should not uh, forget that our life should be speak of Jesus. We should not forget that everything we do that people are watching, Everything we say that people are listening to it, everywhere we go that people are watching you, you know, we do fall. We do, we do fall, I omit that. We do, uh, we do sometimes mess up. But, but it, is, it, is, it is our job to remember as a, as a fellow believers, as when you believe in God, that uh, we should know that our mission is to wherever we go, whatever we do, is to bring others to the saving knowledge of God to preach the gospel, to give the gospel, and to say Jesus is the Savior. And that, that, is, that is a good mission. And to do a mission is not necessary. We have to go to the mission field only, right? To uh, end of, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's great. We're going to Nepal. We're going to uh, Cambodia and other. We will do. God, God will open a door for other countries too. I believe that, you know. Don't get me wrong. But remember that our mission starts from here. Right, you know, uh, one of the church we have in Nepal, I like it. When, when we get out of the gate, there is written, the mission start from here. On the door. I was like, that's a great reminder. You know, my dear friends, when we get out of this door, our mission start right here. And Bible talks, you will be witness where first? In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end, end, end part of the world. So we, we got to remember that our mission start just when we get out of this door. And we got to remember that people are dying without Christ in this world. People are dying without Savior. People don't know about God, living God especially. They are looking for it. They are searching for it. If you talk to them and everybody is looking for something. If you talk to people... To them, you will know that they have a vacuum in their heart. They have a gap in their heart. They have, they have something missing out. And what is that? They need Jesus. 
They need God. They need living God. They need to know that there is a Savior who saved. And it's just only they need to believe and confess their sin as a Savior that who, who can save them from their sin and who can take them to heaven. It's a simple thing. But the problem is many times, that's the problem that if you don't know our, uh, your missions, my missions, myself, if you don't know that, I need to preach the gospel or give the gospel to others then those are the church we are not able to grow. Sadly, we are not able to grow because we are content with what we, where we are, what we have, and we are like, oh, I'm blessed, you know. I'm blessed, I'm good here. I'm cozy in my room. But you know, guys, God wants you to get out of your comfort zone. God wants you to get out of your place. And God one to use you actually. So that's what we got to do. And here we see John the Baptist knew that he was called for specific missions and that was to make a way for Jesus. To tell people about the Savior. And that was a really cool thing uh, for me when I was going through uh, uh, through the, his life. And and other things, uh, you know, as I said, uh, John the Baptist never afraid of telling the truth, right? I've never seen any preachers, uh, pre- preacher saying, uh, you know, son of, you know, broke vipers or something like that. You, you guys, you know, you are so sinful. You know, the, those kind of words, I, I never seen preachers saying. There are many churches who will not talk about that kind of sin, sin actually, right? They, there are many churches in this world, they uh, preach about all the good things. Feel good, you know. But you know, God loves sinner, but he hates sin. That's the thing, you know. We have to be truthful. We have to tell out the truth. So, what John the Baptist uh, say? So, he spoke the truth and God was, makes uh, people free from sin. That's what we should know. And uh, uh, what he said, uh, if you read it. He said, uh, you know, guys, you are living on a sin. You should get out of that. That's what John the Baptist's message was. And that was really cool. And uh, he, he, he never forget about telling them that you are living a sinful life. Even he told to the King Herod, right, what are you doing, you know? That's really wrong. That's really disgusting. And what happened? It causes his life, actually, right? If you see, uh, when he did that, he was get arrested. He was thrown into jail. And he, he even ended up uh, losing his life. But he never backed out from telling the truth. We need to tell the truth. We need to be uh, uh, guys, you know, we need to be a man of God, a woman of God to tell the truth. And, and the truth is, is only in Jesus. And John 14, 6, it says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So that means Jesus can set us free from sin. If you know it, why don't we say truth to others? To be honest, it, it, it's a fearful thing to do. To be honest, to say someone like you are living in a sin, it takes a guts. It takes a you know anointing of the spirit. You need that to say someone, you know, to need uh, to say someone that you know you need savior, you know, that kind of things. How many times we 
have hang around with our best friend and we not able to share about Jesus. You know, we many times we 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 have a bunch of friends who are not saved. We know that, but many times it is it is hard. It is hard to go into the world and uh, you know tell the truth to the people. It is really difficult, especially in Nepal. Sometimes it gets really tough, really really get you know weird sometimes. But God is faithful. God is, uh, God is there to save us. God is there to protect us. And John didn't forget about that. He said the truth. And one cool thing what he said uh, is, he said, behold, Jesus, the Lamb of God. You know, that was really cool. He said through that. I'm not the one which you're expecting. I'm not the one who will set you free. I'm not the one Messiah. I'm not the prophet. But you know what? There is someone. And he's Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the lamb. And who, who is going to, you know, who's going to sacrifice his life. And who's going to set you free from your sin. And you can have eternal life. That's what he means to say it to the people. And he declared that Jesus is the lamb for all the humankind. Or for all the people, all all the people that Jesus is the Lamb, and that that was a really cool thing uh, that you know he able to say that, and he was very bold as I said you know uh, uh, when he uh, come to a truth, he said you you better guys repent you know you know that the axe is into your root and God will just you know cut you off and it will be thrown into a fire you've been. No use, so you better repent before that happened. And he was really straight about it. So we need to be a man and a woman of God. We need to uh, be bold enough to say, God, you know, give us that power. You know, it's not going to happen in our flesh. We need a power of Holy Spirit. And John the Baptist was, when he was even on his mother's rooms, he was you know, anointed by the Spirit. And that's what we need to do. That's what we need to pray. God, give me that boldness. And we see in Acts, you know, when Peter, before Peter was, uh, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit came upon him, how he was. He was just a guy who denied even Jesus. He was just a, and a guy said, uh, Jesus, whoever, everybody will leave you. But you know what? I will never forsake you. I will be there for you. I'll be there for you. But we know that what, Jesus, uh, what Peter did, he he did deny, you know, he did forsake him. He did leave him on the cross and Jesus was alone there and nobody was with him. But we know that when he was, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit and we know that what happened, he is the same guy who then he never stopped. He was the, another kind of another Peter was born there and we know that he preached very boldly. And he did amazing things. And Peter was not educated. Peter was not that much, uh, what you call, very talented guy. He was a guy, very straightforward guy probably. You know, uh, have you met those uh, uneducated people? Especially in Nepal, uh, they will say very straight, you know. They never learn a courtesy. They never learn, uh, uh, you know, humor. They don't understand humor. If you joke with them, they get angry, you know, frustrated. I was like, come on, man, I was just joking with you, you know. They are so serious. And... Peter was very kind of a straight guy, if you see. You know, he was very uh, kind, of, kind of not so much educated, I think, my perspective. You know? I don't know. Uh, but we see that God used him so mightily. When he preached what happened, thousands of people came. Thousands of people believe in Jesus and, and, and miracles, things happen through him. You know? 
And that's the same Peter. If you see the life of Peter in John and Acts, it's really transforming Peter. How he able to do it? He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I like when Peter said, you know, uh, he was getting arrested and they, they charged him not to speak uh, about Jesus anymore in the book of Acts. I like what he said. Tell us whom to obey. To a man or to God. And that's what he say. He said, no, we're going to continue going to obey God, not man. We're going to continue obey God. And even what happened when they got prosecuted, they were thrown into jail, they, they came back and they rejoiced. In fact, they, what they did, they prayed for boldness. It's a weird prayer to pray. You know? They came back and they said, God, we need a boldness to preach more. After persecution. Perhaps for, for, for me or for us, maybe we'll be like, I'm done, you know? Man, this is hard. I'll give up. But for them, uh, Peter, because they were led by the Spirit, because they were filled by the Spirit, and that's what happened, they are used so mightily. And that is very important for us to, uh, you know, to be bold and tell the truth. And if you see your friends struggling with the sins and all, you might have to tell the truth from the Bible, and this is your truth. You need to show them that Bible talks about it, and you need to say in a loving way though, Right? In a loving way, you should say, hey, this is what Bible is talking about. What you're doing is wrong. And I love you. And, and you know, and, and I want to just be, um, whatever God says, I want to tell you that. Might be you have to do that today. Might, might be you have to go there and share that this is what you're doing. It's totally wrong. You know, you should turn back to God. You should obey the word. And you should love the Lord because he wants you back in relationship with him. And that's what should be our heart like John the Baptist to tell truth to your fellow believers or to your friends or who is struggling or you see you need to tell and to, to have that boldness perhaps we need to pray tonight you know? that's, that's what we should be uh, we should need that power of Holy Spirit to say it boldly and lovingly and you know when you fill with the Holy Spirit God will give you that wisdom God will give you that you know that uh, way how to say how to communicate how to correct how to bring the word you know you know there are many times when I don't know what to say and that, that very time I will pray just God will lead us you know God will lead me and I will say the things I will be like wow that is different what I did just now you know I was you know I'm kind of shocked what just happened and I know that it is only can God can do that. So, remember that our job is to point toward the Savior. Our job is to, uh, whatever ways we can, we should tell the truth. And again, the way is to bring people to Savior, right? Anyhow, anyway, that's the, that's the way we should do. And another thing I was going through is very, um, very interesting uh, you know, John the Baptist, though he was so unique, though he knew his mission, though he was so bold to speak the truth, but very important thing is he remained humble himself, you know. That is very important, right? You know, when, when you are gifted, when you are very talented, there are tendency that we feel with a pride. Without even, not knowingly, you know, there, there is something issue going on. You know, I am good, you know, better than you. Started judging others, you know. Those kind of things might come 
to our heart, to ourselves, you know, and we, we better check ourselves every time. You know, when, uh, what we have been going, how God has been using us, we should always be, uh, you know, reminded ourselves that we need to remain and humble ourselves, you know. We need to keep ourselves humble. And here, here was John the Baptist says, John 1, again, 26 and 27, John answered them saying, I baptize with water, but there stand one among you whom you do not know. It is he who come after me is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to lose. What he's saying is, I, I am not even worthy to lose the strap of a savior, you know, of Jesus, you know. He humbled down to earth himself, right? He's just like, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy what I'm called for, but I'm doing it. I'm thankful that God is using uh, me. That's what she meant to say. I'm thankful for this is the, you know, this is the, this is the ministry that God has given me. And I'm going to do it. You know? And I'm on it. I'm doing it. But I'm not worthy to even unleash the sandal, the strap of Savior. And this is very important. And you know, when, uh, if we are a believer, if we follow Jesus, if we are a disciple of Jesus, you know, we get example from Jesus also that how much he was humble. Let's read from Philippians 2, 5 to 11. All right, that's a very, uh, I, I love these verses. Uh, uh, it's a Philippians 2, 5 to 11. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of man. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Remember that? He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the, of the cross. Therefore God has... Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of, Father, glory of God the Father. So that was Philippians uh, 2, 5 to 11. So here, here we see that, you know, Jesus, what he did on the cross, you know, he humbled himself even to the point of death, right? He came, he said, I, I came to serve actually, what Jesus' word was, right? I, I'm not seeking that you will serve me, but I came here to serve. And, you know, being the Lord, being the Savior, being the God, you know, he, if he says that, and how much we should be reminded to be humble ourselves every time, every day. We need to check out ourselves. And I like this about John the Baptist. Though he was a unique in his calling, he knew that he was very unique, but he, he tended to glorify God. And he knew his missions. He knew that why he was called, you know. And, and though he knew that he was bold enough to attract people from his preaching, from his word, what he says, but he remembered that he need to be humble himself. You know, always reminded, uh, he reminded himself to be humble. And that what we see, he say uh, about Jesus that I'm not worthy to undo his lace or 
his sandal. That, that's what he says. And that what should be our heart, our, 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 our desire today to humble ourselves. And to be honest, to be humble ourselves is really not that easy again. Not that, uh, you know, fun sometimes, you know. And human tendencies, we always want to win, you know. We always want to win in everything we can. And we want to be in the top rank always. Don't, nobody wants to be last, you know. Everybody wants to be first, right? Everybody wants to be uh, in the first place. But here we see Jesus being God. He, what he did is like, okay, I give away all this thing for to love us, to love us. And that's what he did. And so we need to do that. We need to, uh, we need to do that. And we need to uh, have that mind in our us that which was, was in Christ. And we need to be always focused and run to our Jesus and always praying that, God, I want to serve. I want to humble myself each and every day. All my things, not me, but I want you to be in me. That's, that's what should be. Uh, should be. And I, I like very um, one quote which, uh, you know, John the Baptist, again said, is a famous quote. I think it should be our life verse for us, right? Everyone should have that life verse. And what John the Baptist said, three, uh, turn with me, uh, John 3.30. Very famous passage, right? Very famous word, what John uh, the Baptist said. He must increase, but I must decrease. Isn't that wonderful what he said? He must increase, but I must decrease. And I think that's, that's, that's what we should do. We should say it, you know, and we sh our prayer should be every day when we wake up, we go to work, you know, we do the things. We should pray that prayer that, God, let you increase and decrease me. All my fleshy thing, God, take it away, you know, and, and let, let you reign in my life. Let you shine through me. Let you be exalted. Let you be glorified and let you be lifted up. Uh, that's what should we do, and that should be uh, in our mind. So um, remember, as I'm saying, the applications are very simple here on this, uh, the passages, you know, I, I, I concluded, and that is, you know, so let us, you know, glorify what, whatever ways God's call you. You know, whatever ways God has called you for, let's, let's keep on that, keep, keep on focusing on that, and that only thing, uh, whatever God has called us, uh, whatever ways God has called us is to glorify him is to lift him up, is to give him glory. It's not for our things, not to touch his glory. And I remember those days we, when we uh, started a team and uh, it was at, at the, in the beginning that it was not for God's glory actually, it was for all our glory. You know, whatever we did, did all the music, all the things, you know, it was like, uh, yeah, we did it, you know, uh, the cool, you know, man, today you did shred your guitar, that was really cool. You know, you did very well and and it was all about what we are doing, you know. Uh, even even we are in the ministry, actually, in the, those those days. We are in the team, and we are, we are doing well that time. We are kind of 10 people. Uh, and what happened is we did lots of concert and all, but the thing is always the talk will be not about, like, what, you know, today how God moves. It's all about, like, wow, oh, you did great music, you know. You did play well. You know, you did this and that. And that's really, you know, what happened after God is like, I'm done with you guys, you know. <laughs> God really hit us hard. It's like a boom, you know. He slapped us so hard that our 10 guys is 
scattered everywhere and there's nowhere. Out of 10, we only three people left actually in the ministry. And there is no, nothing going on, the worship or the music is not going on. Now the gospel concert is going on. It's like gone. All the members are, they have their own problem to deal with. You know, they have to go to studies or some have to look for jobs. Some have to uh, move uh, to different cities or villages. So what happened is we end up only three people in a team and we, we just did nothing actually. Two years we stopped doing nothing. And one night God really spoke to me and like, you know, I call you for a specific reason, but it seems like you didn't understand what I call you for. You need to understand that everything you do, it should glorify me, you know. That was, God was really clear and loud, loud and clear. And I woke up and I called my two friends, remaining friends, two friends from the band, like, hey, we need to meet, you know, and we need to talk. And like, what's about, uh, there is nothing about talking, you know, there is what we can do. And I said, we need to talk. And uh, finally they agreed to meet and I said, we meet. And I said, you know, this is uh, what God spoke to me. I, I want to bring to the table. I want to talk with you two guys, you know, since we only three are here from the team left. And I tell them, you know, whatever we did so far, it was so wrong that God has created us to worship him. You know, and I, I told them straight, like what we did, we need to repent, you know. And so, so what we will do now? We three, we cannot do anything, you know. No, it's not going to happen anything. So I said, you know, just let's turn to God, repent ourselves, and just seek the Lord. So basically what we did is that was our, that's the day I count, you know, 2000, you know. Before that we are in the ministry, but I always count, that's the, you know, our turning point, you know. We 90 degree turn to Jesus. And I said, we sat down, we prayed, and we said, uh, and this guy's like, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to just study the word. We're going to pray. We're going to just grab a guitar and worship the Lord with just one guitar. And there's a, there is no place to pray and do this thing. Like, you know, there's a problem even for the place crisis now. I said, one of the guys from our team was working in a music school. Like, why didn't you ask your director, you know, to ask for a place uh, that after the music school lessons is over, can we use the room? For, to just gather and read the word and study the word and pray. So he talked to his boss and said, yeah, just do whatever you want to do when the room is empty. I don't care, you know. So we just started gathering there. And that's the, that's the when, you know, we started realizing that we are born to worship him. We are created to worship him. This is not for our, you know, for sake of our pleasure or anything. And God did wonderful things from there. And from three people, next thing we remember, after two, three weeks, there was like a seven people more added there for the Bible. So we said, do you know what we are doing? We are not doing any concert or anything. We're just studying the word and praying. Do you want to join? Then join, you know. That's what we will be doing. That. Yeah, that's what we want to do. And there was almost seven people joined. And we're, we're just praising God. Again, after, that's gone for six months. And what we did is, after six months, I realized that, hey, now we, as we have known so much about the worships, about why we are created, and let's go and worship somewhere at a small church, just find out, and let's go. And there is a problem, like, no, we don't have any instrument. How are we going to worship? Well, let's just borrow from someone, you know. So I, I still remember, uh, next day we have a concert, and I'm like, okay, how is the song go? And they will play an play acoustic guitar, and I'll pretend, like, okay, this is how the beat goes, actually, you know. You know, in my head, I'm just, uh, I'm just thinking of it. I used to be a drummer. I used to play drums. 
And, uh, and so we did it. People lent us some instrument. We did it, and we went to a small church. We did it. And that was the beautiful time I ever remember that because we are genuinely worshiping God and people are touched, people are worshiping the Lord and, and it was so beautiful and every, everyone was blessed. And God really blessed us when we did that and when he turned back and when he seek for his glory, God used us from three people, seven people we became and God really sent us some missionary like Hey, I heard you guys are just uh, worshiping and it was really cool that so many people are blessed. I want to help you, you know. That's what the missionary told us. And I said, okay, what kind of help? You know, you're always like, maybe you'll buy an instrument, you know. That was in, in our mind, like, maybe you'll buy a sound system, maybe you'll buy a guitar, you know. But you know what he said was so cool is, he said, I want you guys to know more from the Bible, so why don't we do more Bible study? God was not yet done. Six-month Bible study. And God is like, we are like, okay, let's do it, you know. Actually, it relieves us. And actually, we, we feel more, you know, excited about it, doing it. And like, let's do it. So, again, God bless us. From seven people, we became 24 people in the team. That's, that's God started adding. And that, that, is the, that, is the, that is the cool thing about the ministry, how it started. It started from music ministry. Now you see, Whatever we have in Nepal is all started from the worship team, actually. Uh, uh, a team when they seek to just come together and worship the Lord. And what I want to tell you guys is, I'm, I want to bring that, that when we just choose to worship God, when we just uh, say, God, I'm here, I just, uh, I, I'm just going to worship you. I just want to increase with you in your knowledge, in your wisdom, with your word. You know, I want to be in relationship. I want to grow. And God... God can use you so mightily. God can, God can do so many different things from your life. And God can, you know, uh, it can go so much more than you can ever imagine even, you know. I'm the really shy guy actually in my 16, 17 years old. When I was old, I will never go to a nearby girls and talk with them. I was like, hey, okay, I, I'm uncomfortable, you know. I was that kind of guy. I never thought I, I will, uh, I, I will, I will stand in the stage actually and share the word or, or bring the word or I will, I will lead worship or anything. I was never in my letter actually. Never I thought I will do that. But God, can, this shows that God can use anyone. God can use anyone. You know, if God can use me, God can use you too. So that is really important that let us glorify God with our calling. You know, whatever ways, wherever you are, God have a special calling for you guys. If not, remember that God, you, God, God has called you for, uh, to, uh, to be a servant. You know, he wants the servanthood on your heart, on your blood, you know. Whatever you do, that it reflect God. You know, it's like, God, you know, whatever I want uh, today, I, I need to do, I will do it because I love you. I love you and I know that you love me more than even I love you. You love me more, but I will do you. Even you want me to clean a carpet, that's fine. I'm down there, you know. That's what should be our heart, right? That's what should be our calling. And always don't forget that wherever you go, you know, even as you go out of the door, I told you earlier that your mission is to bring the people into the knowledge of God, you know, in the knowledge of Savior, that they need a Savior. We need to, we need to remind them that our mission field, 
when you go out of here, that start there, right there. So that what should we uh, we should do. And it is very important uh, that you know we always not hesitate to speak the truth of God with boldness, with passion, with joy, you know, and with humbleness also, you know, with wisdom. And we always should stand for His word. You know, there are some of the stuff you cannot compromise. And when you need to do that, you need to stand. Even you have to lose your position in your office. I challenge you, it will happen. Right? Even if you have to lose your job. I don't know even if you have to lose your life, maybe. But will you stand and tell the truth? Because God loves it, you know. And, and when you do that, God will bless you. So that is important. And many times we... we, we we are scared to do that. And my prayer will be that tonight, that God will fill you with that power of Holy Spirit that you will always speak the truth of God. And you will not compromise. You will be not that believer that always compromise and always say, ah, whatever, it's okay, you know. That you will know the, uh, know the word and you will be passionate about God. No, this is wrong. I'm not going to tolerate this. Not here. Not in front of me. You know, I think that's what should we do. You know, you know where our nation is going, right? Think about that. If every believer step out with boldness, with the feeling of the Holy Spirit, and they, they, they say the truth, I don't think this day we have to say it, right? It should be different nations. Should, everywhere, if believers stand for the truth, I think that will be awesome, that will be beautiful. And that's, that's we, we should not forget. And last, we should always check ourselves that where we are. We need to humble ourselves. And our prayer should be that, that uh, you know, our prayer should be like, Lord, let you increase and let me, you know, decrease every day. That should be our prayer. And we all, always uh, remind ourselves that I need to be, I need to humble myself. And uh, that's what I, I want to share you tonight, guys. And, you know, if God spoke with you tonight in any of these areas, you know, just pray with God. Just say, God, here I am, you know, and just speak to God this time.